Green and Growing with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries. On 95.5 WSB. Hey, welcome to hour number three. Everybody waking up. Eight o'clock. Did your alarms all go off at the same time? Where have you been? We've been on for two hours. Start at six. Go off the air at nine. And then followed by uh, Dave Baker and the Home Fix-It Show. I'm glad you're here. Hopefully, I'm going to help you out with things in the lawn and the garden, questions you may have. If I don't know the answer, someone out there will, guaranteed, I promise. So don't waste your time surfing the internet. Just call 404-872-0750. Hope you're all waking up well. Uh, We are going to get a few more storms before the weekend is over. And if you were impacted, especially Polk County, Bartow County, of course, Coweta County, with the storms night before last and the catastrophic, uh, catastrophic aftermath, of those tornadoes, you can help the Red Cross provide relief and assistance to those in need right now. WSB is asking that you text Red Cross to 90999 to make a $10 donation from your phone. We thank you, and the Red Cross thanks you. And just watching Channel 2 Action News this morning, Christian Jennings on scene down in Noonan. The destruction is just absolutely unfathomable, and things are going to have to be rebuilt cleaned up. It's going to take a long, long time. Only one fatality in those storms. And looking at the images of the damage, it's incredible uh, that there weren't more fatalities. But by the grace of God, very, very thankful for that. So you always come together in times of need for one another, and I know you'll do the same. So thanks for keeping that in mind. All right, I'm going to try to help everybody out here. And I promised Cheryl in Norcross that she would be up first. Good morning. Good morning. So what? You have a terrible problem. Terrible, terrible problem. Yes. I was told my knockout roses has rosetta disease. There's no cure. It's a virus. Can I replant another rose in the same hole? So rose rosette. So, yeah, as you are starting to knockouts just became so popular, like late 1990s, early 2000s, such a, you know, new to the market sold very well as being hardy and, you know, disease resistant and all that. And that's great. And they are. Knockouts are very good for beginning rose uh, rosarians, so to speak. But um, rose rosette is just really taking off with knockouts and gets into other rose varieties as well. And some of the symptoms, Cheryl, I know you know this, but other people may not know if they're the roses are just now getting some new growth and th- you're going to notice just some funny stuff like the ends of the branches will kind of curl they call it witch's broom it just doesn't look quite right it, there may be an overabundance of thorns like if you're just wondering my knockouts have never had almost small hairy thorns lining the stems more so than normal a, a weird reddish color now there is you know some purple reddish you know color to the to the new growth that are putting out but it just uh, doesn't quite match the rest so yeah so what that is Cheryl it's carried by mites and the mites infect the plant and then the virus goes all the way down to the roots so the big concern that you have in replanting that area once you've ripped them out and like good sanitation practices you know don't just throw them in the large uh, lawn refuge bag with other things they need to be isolated by themselves and bagged up really well when you rip those out just so they don't spread it to other things. But the concern there, you've dug out the plant, you've tried to get every little bit of the roots that you can because that disease, that virus, is going to continue to live in the roots. So they recommend to not replant at all with any rose species um, because those roots are going to need what you didn't get out that's underground needs time to die away. That could be two, three, four years, depending on the research is still kind of being done. 
Um, so unless you can guarantee you got every little bit of the roots out of those, I would not plant roses there again. Uh, maybe put something else there for the time being and then revisit it in three or four years. So okay. what are you looking to, to plant? Like, what's your ideal? Don't have a clue. Ah. <laughs> Just, no, no. Yeah, no rose variety. Um, I don't know. I mean, if you like something flowering, you know, verbena is going to grow a lot lower, but you've got gardenias. If you can get a little more compact size, azaleas, could that be a consideration? Could be. It's at our church on each side of the door, so I'll have to check. Yeah, azaleas could be nice. And camellias, I actually just had a friend ask me about camellias. Um, she wasn't very familiar with them. And so that japonica variety that has been in bloom since January, those are beautiful. And again, you can look at different varieties. There may be something a little more compact because japonica, camellia, I mean, they can definitely get, you know, six, seven feet high. So that's not something you're going to want to want that much height if they're near the doors but there are some varieties that could be a little shorter so that gardenia azaleas would be great gardenia azalea camellia okay yeah but uh, the camellia that would be my last choice i guess um because they could get fairly large unless you really ask the nursery what was the third one azalea camellia and what gardenia gardenia Mm -hmm. yeah start with those but definitely no roses i know that's sad um but definitely no roses confederate rose that's actually not of the true rose family. Confederate rose, that's going to... Is that a vine-like rose? Or? No, it's more of a, almost like a hydrangea in its shape um, and the way it leafs out. And that's going to have really stunning, cool flowers on it come fall, late summer, fall. Confederate rose. Confederate okay. rose, yeah. And despite its name, it is not It is not in the rose family. In, in, in the same hole? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's, it's, it's just a knockout rose. I can't plant same hole. No roses at all. Oh, no roses at all. Okay. No roses at all. Yep. They're all susceptible to that rosette. And so far, there's nothing else that's really affected by the rose rosette, so hence the name. Um, but I'm so sorry about that. My gosh. Yeah. Get them out of there and bag them up and quarantine them from everything else. Well, thank you very much. Yeah. I'm glad you called, Cheryl. Good luck with that. Thanks. And if anybody else has other plant suggestions for Cheryl and the church where she's going to be replacing those, feel free to call. All right. Up next, Dwayne and Lilburn. Is it Dwayne or Dwayne? Oh, he's still listening to his radio. So the way that works is when we have like live stuff on the air, in case anything happens, you know, we all say some things we don't mean to. Sometimes we run an eight second delay. So when you're listening on your radio, you're hearing me eight seconds after I've already said something. So when you call, that's why you listen through the phone because you're actually hearing it in real time. So we will try Glenn and Marietta. That's been a popular place this morning. Good morning, Glenn. Good, good morning, Ashley. Thanks for taking my call. You and all the neighbors in Marietta calling me this morning. I love it. We all got together and talked about it last <laughs> night. Yeah, over cocktails, <laughs> and you didn't invite me. Gee, Glenn, <laughs> come on. <laughs> so uh, I have a Bermuda log, and uh, in the fall, I had neglected to put down pre-emergent, foolishly. And suddenly, I come to find out that my lawn is being taken over by annual bluegrass. Yeah. Um, and there's some areas that's almost covering the entire you know, lawn. So is there anything I can do at this point? It's not too late for a spring pre-emergent for things like crabgrass and all those grassy weeds that are annoying. Um, mm-hmm. March and early April is ideal, so you're not too late. I would go ahead and do something like Scott's. Scott's is a good go-to brand for folks. It's Halts, H-A-L-T-S, Halts, and it's got crabgrass preventer in the name, so you can't go wrong with that. Would that uh, affect the bluegrass, annual bluegrass, mm-hmm. quantum, I think it's called? Not as, no... Uh, um, hmm. No, like Poa Annua. Yeah. Okay. We yeah, want that. Let's see. Yeah. 
let me look a little more in that because uh, gosh I there's so many products that I'm still learning too and mm-hmm. it's hard to keep them all straight um, bluegrass let's see if that one's a different one um, and I've got a lot of the labels saved and things like that turf builder Clemson um, actually no yeah no Halts is going to be good for that yeah. Halts. Yeah, okay. Scott's. Made by Scott's. Yep. Halts is going to be good. So I would go ahead and start to apply it real soon. And actually today may be a good day because it's okay. going to have time to lay on the lawn. It's going to, you know, be rained in tomorrow, if not later today. So this may be a good time to do it. Scott's Halts. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'll yeah. try that. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Good luck with that beautiful Bermuda lawn. I know you definitely want to keep that thing up and running. Okay. We're going to go back to Dwayne. Hey, Dwayne. Okay. Dwayne's done. <laughs> Sorry, Dwayne. Uh, Paula and Ackworth, you're up next on Green and Growing. Hello, Paula. Good morning. How are you? I'm I'm tickled to death. How are you? <laughs> I'm great. Hey, listen, I am calling to uh, brag on our success. Oh, okay. Me and you both. We, we made a good team. Yes, huh? What do we yes. do? So last, uh, last June, we talked, and I've got this um, gardenia, and it's pretty long, and I wanted to see if I could propagate it by scraping off the bark, you know, holding it down. And um, I'm calling to say that the branches are rooted and I just, I'm thrilled. So is this the right time to actually cut it off the mother plant or just cut it and leave it there or cut it and move it all together? You know, I, Kirk Mellish and I were going back and forth on Twitter the other day and he said next weekend, like seven days from now, there is a chance for a two day uh, frost. And that worries me a little bit. Uh, you know, we're not out of the woods yet. So, I mean, you could go ahead and like, is it ready to where you're going to transplant it to its own pot? Um, I really wasn't going to put it in a pot. I was going to put it in the, in the lawn, in in the dirt. Yeah, I wouldn't yet. I I would, I would hold off maybe another week or two. We just really, we're kind of at that, that very uncertain period with the weather where we could have just one or two more um, frosts and I wouldn't want you to put it out and it's so tender uh, it, that it's going to be so susceptible to that so yeah if you can hold out maybe another week or two that would be better but man I mean you really stuck with that that was good job great job I did doesn't it make <laughs> yeah, you happy when you can propagate things I mean giving new life to a plant from an established plant there's nothing more satisfying than that I don't think I know it was great, but I did want to let you know that it worked. And if anybody else wanted to try it, you know, it worked for me. So that is fantastic. And now the original gardenia that was in your yard. Yes. Okay. Yeah. It's still here. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. And I mean, people, you know, for sentimental reasons, taking cuttings from a grandparent's yard or a neighbor's yard or something, and then getting their own plant from that. I love it. Well, Paula, thank you very much for calling and yeah, do wait just a little bit, but I want pictures. I want to see how that baby does. I'll do it. Thank you. Oh, good. I'm glad you called back. Thank you so much. All right. We're going to talk to Joan and Tucker. Should she cut off the greens of her daffodils? I've got good advice for that. And Ted and Covington uncovered his elephant ears. So we're ready for those summer plants. The canna lilies, the elephant ears, all that stuff. Caladiums getting ready to emerge. If you can overwinter caladiums, man, you need to give me a call and let me know how you did it because 
I'm not good at that. And speaking of caladiums and things like that, hostas, I was working with my hostas yesterday um, here in just a little bit at the bottom of the hour. Pike Nurseries will be along to share some plant ideas with us. Something that doesn't flower if you're actually looking for something a little bit different. Foliage. That's that's the name of the game today. Foliage plants, just things that stay green. Great suggestions for shade gardens. All of that and more of your calls coming up on Green and Growing. It's Ashley Frasca here on WSB. So I'm headed up to Swanee to do some yard work. I have kept a uh, careful eye on the weather. And right now it's beautiful. It's 66 degrees, scattered showers around Metro Atlanta today. I wouldn't count on the rain, though. If you have plans, go ahead and do them. High of 81, wear that sunscreen. It's going to catch you off guard. But 70% chance for scattered thunderstorms tomorrow. High around 75 and low around 45. So I want to follow up on one thing we talked about, um, treating bluegrass poa annua in Bermuda. And he was a little late on... uh, putting down a pre-emergence, which is fine. Um, so the Scott's Halts is a good product. And also, you know, thinking about if, if you are going to run late on doing your pre-emergence and you really want to combat Poa annua, bluegrass, which is such a pain, especially in, in beautiful Bermuda lawns, other things you can do to prevent it and just really strengthen up that lawn to fight it. Uh, one is avoid overwatering. We need to think about that with our warm season grasses. Water more less times. So when you get out there once a week, really let that hose or that sprinkler run for a long time. You want at least an inch of water rather than trying to run it, you know, two or three times a week for less, less amounts of water. So that's going to be how you water the warm season grasses properly over the summertime. Set your mower high because annual bluegrass, it doesn't survive well in taller lawns. So a strong, taller, you know, grass blade is going to kind of shade that out. So maybe set your mower higher and don't cut as short. And then fertilize and do everything you can to toughen up the turf. Um, and then as he realized, he he should have done a fall application of pre-emergence. So that's going to be good because that really just waits for the temperatures to drop off and cool. So late summer, fall is going to be your best bet. Not to say it's not going to be productive now. All right, up next, I want to talk to Kim in Atlanta. Hey, Kim, you've got some great suggestions for us. Yeah, for the lady who needs to replace the roses by her church. Yeah. Um, I'd suggest if she wants something more permanent, she could put in one of the smaller forms of lobelia because it comes, you can get either with a um, kind of um, more reddish leaves that produce those really pretty pink, you know, hot pink flowers. Or she could get the smaller forms of lobelia that have the dark green leaves that produce the pretty white flowers. Lobelia. And, you know, I had to Google shrub. that. That's pretty. That's really pretty. Yeah, and that is a perennial? It's a shrub. Yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's a shrub. Um, they could do, she could put in that. Um, another shrub, and, and there's large forms of it and smaller forms. So she has to be really careful. Not, she should go to Pikes and, and ask and tell them. Yeah. Maybe even take a picture with her of the area she needs to fill. Yeah. Um, and, and, tell them, you know, what she would be on replacing roses, because that's not a really big plant. Right. I mean, you know, and and so those are two I'd suggest. Also, well, what she was your second to, one, Lobelia, and what was the other one? And Mock Orange. Oh, Mock Orange. Okay. Okay. Very yeah, good. She's got those pretty variegated leaves, but also if she wanted to, just something temporary, and then a few years pop some roses back in there, she could just put something like daylilies in there, bulbs, 
And because those bloom their heads off all summer, and the foliage is not bad looking either. Right, and mine actually started coming up, gosh, about a month ago. So it's just a nice, pretty green mound where those daylilies are going to be. Kim, those are great suggestions. Thank you, Mock Orange. That's that's a very good one, too. Um, I want to give Frank in Watkinsville a quick opportunity. Frank, where are you inviting folks out to? Hey, good morning. Hey. Uh, in Well, two years ago, Dr. Michael Durr, Helped the uh, garden club propagate 14 different varieties of hydrangeas for our annual plant sale. And we used the profits from that plant sale to purchase a Blue Star Memorial marker, which honors all members of the armed forces, past, present, and future, and a Gold Star Memorial marker, which honors all gold star family members and are y'all doing a dedication here i've only got a few seconds left yeah we're doing a dedication tuesday morning at 11 o'clock in front of the courthouse in downtown watkinsville that is beautiful and i'm so glad you had dr durr's help my god what a fantastic guy frank thank you the watkinsville garden club great job guys i love letting folks know about things like that. Get out and about and go see what's going on in the community. All right, we're going to talk to Angel, Lynn, Joan, Ted, and Pike Nurseries. Coming up, you're listening to 95.5 WSB. with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries on 95.5 WSB. All right, it's the time of the show every Saturday morning when we head to Pike Nurseries together. See what's going on, what the nursery has, some ideas for your landscape maybe. If you're just not good at looking at those spaces and knowing what to plant there, that's where this comes in. This segment comes in handy, what we want to feature at the nurseries and share with you. So with me this morning is Kara Mulvey, the manager of the Holcomb Bridge location. Good morning, Kara. Good morning, Ashley. How are you? Welcome back. I am fantastic. How have you been? I've been great. It's been a great busy spring. It really has. I was just at the Town Lake store yesterday and so busy. And then I saw like the mobile register that's up near the front of the store to help people with the curbside pickup and all of that. I mean, the way you guys have overcome the challenges of the last year is incredible to make sure people still get the plants they want. Yeah, exactly. We're trying to get everybody to have as many plants as they can in their yard. Yeah, I wanted them all, but I left with three. So I think <laughs> I think that was a good start. And I knew I had a problem when I started looking at pottery that I didn't need. And I was like, okay, yeah. this is this is <laughs> this is getting out of hand. <laughs> but um, yeah. so not pottery today or anything like that. We want the stuff that goes in it. And this is great because I don't know why you wouldn't want flowering plants, but depending on your situation, you may just want something that's green and stays yeah, green and, and always fun to look at. Yeah, and not everything blooms all the time. Yeah. So it's really important to add color to your garden, even when there's no blooms to it. Yeah, and just add a variety, you know, and texture, different looks in the garden so everything's not so uniformed. So we're going to cover some things that we can do outside, annuals and perennials, and then maybe some ideas for houseplants if we just need that pop of green in the house. So where do you want to begin? 
So I want to begin with trees. Okay. So there's a lot of different trees and, you know, it's good to have at least one or two like staple items in your yard to add some foliage color. Um, A good favorite of mine is going to be a Japanese maple. Um, For the shade, you have like your waterfall Japanese maple, which is a beautiful green that's weeping. And then for your sun, you have your coral barks and your crimson queens if you want something a little smaller. The coral barks are nice because they have a red um, like bark to it and they have a bright green foliage. So that'll really brighten up the yard. If you want something to stay a little smaller, um, you have your Crimson Queen and your Red Dragon, and those are weeping red lace lace maples. Another one of my favorite um, trees is going to be your red buds. Uh-huh. Red buds do bloom for a short period in the springtime, but there's varieties like Merlot and Ruby Falls. Uh, the Ruby Falls is a weeping red bud that has a heart-shaped leaf, and it gets a red foliage to it. Um, especially as we cool down in the fall time. And rising sun redbud. I'm so glad you said redbuds. Yeah. I didn't even know you were going to mention those, but I was going to mention rising sun. That's one of my favorites. I mean, the flower yeah. or the leaves just go from a green to a beautiful, you know, orange, yellow in the fall. Oh my God, it's like you drive by and just want to stop and stare. Yeah, they're spectacular. Redbuds really have year-round interest interest from like the blooming to the pretty pretty foliage in the summer and the fall time. And then they have a really unique bark in the winter time as well. So as far as shrubs go, we're definitely not too late to be installing those. This is great. We've just got to keep them watered. But, you know, let's think about dotting the landscape with them, not so much like foundation hedges or shrubs, but something a little more fun, not so uniform again. Yeah. So like for the sun, um, abelia is a yellow, bright orange, red. They turn red in the fall. Um, but it's a really, really bright yellow shrub, and it's just absolutely stunning, and it would go really nice with some of your darker leaf trees. Um, you also have your Laura Petalum, which is a purple-slash-red foliage, um, and they just they look really good, especially contrasted with the abelia. Now, right now, that's what folks are noticing on my Highway Horticulture photo album on Facebook. People are noticing, what is this shrub that, I mean, behind the purple leaves— all you're seeing right now is the blooms, that firework, little firecracker looking, whether it's white or pink. But it's mm-hmm. stunning right now. If you didn't prune it at the wrong time, you're getting all those blooms on that Chinese fringe, lower petalum. They look great. Yeah, they look awesome. Another one is Pittosporum. Um, They are like a creamy. There's a mojo Pittosporum. It's a dwarf variety, and it's got like a nice subtle green to it, and it's got a variegated margin. And they're just absolutely, they're really nice pretty low-growing shrub. It adds some good texture to your landscape. Okay. And let's talk about some annuals and perennials and things that we may want to pop in the ground and some garden beds or by the the walk. So if you have some shade, um, a few of my favorites are going to be like your spiderweb satia. It's got a large, large leaf, bigger than your palm and your hand. Um, And it's got some white variegation to it. And it's just stunning and they do grow fairly large over time. They are a very slow grower. Um, but you also got autumn ferns. Those add really good texture to the shade and they turn red. Most of them turn red in the fall. Um, and autumn ferns are just a really good favorite around here, especially if you have deer, they're super deer resistant. Mm. And then if you don't have deer, hostas and tukura <laughs> are a good favorite as well. Hostas, there's multiple different kind of variegations. You can get blue, white, 
um, anything you're kind of looking for. And they do bloom. Um, they get a tall spike on them with like a, either a purple or a white flower. Um, but they add a good amount of texture to your shade garden. If you have full sun, though, you can also add like variegated iris. Um, those are great. They're actually evergreen. Um, Lyriope, variegated Lyriope. And then you can have like variegated Carex. Uh, Carex is another one of my favorites. They can't take full sun, but part sun they do really well in, and they get big and bushy. The Botanical Gardens has them all over their landscape. Okay. And you mentioned heuchera. Correct me if I'm wrong. Is that coral bells? <laughs> that's the same, right? Yes, ma'am. Yeah, okay. that's the same. Um, they can take, uh, most of them take shade, but there are some that can take part sun. Um, it's mainly your darker colors, but each variety is going to be different. Okay. And yeah, ground covers. So you mentioned Carex. One of the ones that I like in my landscape that was already there when we bought the house was Ajuga. And that stuff's tough as nails. It is. And it spreads nicely. It does get a bloom in the springtime. Chocolate chip Ajuga is my favorite. It's got a tiny leaf, but there's a bunch of them. So it just adds really good texture to your landscape. And they have this nice, deep, dark, purple foliage. And they're just stunning. Yeah, so ground covers, you can't go wrong with that, folks, if you need to maybe prevent a little bit of runoff or erosion. There are some that are sturdy, you know, for a, for a little bit of that to hold the soil in place. Um, Kara, let's move next to houseplants. So a lot of us have been officing from home over the last year, and maybe we didn't quite realize the boost that we were missing. Just having a plant nearby, something green to look at to kind of make you, you know, a calming effect, I guess. So what are some good ideas there? So if you're starting out with houseplants, my fan favorite is the um, Sansevera or snake plant. Mm -hmm. um, there are variegated varieties like Laurentii, and they are have like a yellow leaf to it, and they have a dark green center. And those are super, super easy, and NASA actually rates them one of the best air quality plants. Hmm. Yeah, snake snake plant or mother-in-law's tongue. It reminds me of like Medusa. It just kind of grows yeah. straight upright with like blady looking leaves, but it's fun. And it's low yeah. light. So in an office, that might work fine. Yeah, they're low light and they can take highlight as well. You just change your watering habits with them. Okay. Some other favorites are like Pothos. Um, Marble Queen has a good variegation to it. Monsteros, they don't have any like color variation they're just a really pretty green but they're super easy and they just get these giant leaves on it that have these nice cuts on them and it's just stunning and i tell you it is one of the easiest plants to care for in the house and medium monstera, light they can be huge. lower water okay yeah good all right and one that i'm trying to save and i don't quite think i'm going to make it so i'll have to pick up another one but maidenhair fern that's such a delicate nice little fern to have inside it is, and they're so pretty. They have good texture. And I've actually talked to one of the growers who grows them because that's always a thing that people can't keep them alive. And they say keep a saucer with a tiny bit of water at the bottom, and it keeps that constant moisture and just keeping up with the water on them, and they'll be fine. <sighs> I do that. I'm so good about that. But then I left it outside, like, you know, on a sunny day when it was like in the high 60s. I was like, I'm going to move some of my house plants outside. And then that was the one day I forgot, and it got to like the high 30s is the low. And now all the little leaves that I've worked so hard to make, you know, the little fronds of the fern, so to speak, I guess now they're kind of brown because they got a little cold. So I'm hoping for some new growth. I'm holding out for it. Oh, good. Yeah, those are super pretty in the house and they just add texture to your home. 
Well, Kara, thank you for a lot of those great suggestions. I know folks can pop into the nursery, ask about any of the things we just spoke about, whether it's a ground cover you're looking for, some of the fantastic trees like the maples and red buds Kara mentioned, or shrubs. Um, how do folks, uh, folks find the nearest pike to them? You can go online at pikenursery.com, and all of our locations and store hours are on there. And we also have online ordering that you can order from your local store and do curbside pickup. Easy. that They make it so easy, guys. Well, Kara, have a fantastic weekend, and thank you very, very much. Thanks. You too. Great suggestions. I mean, like she said, a lot of it, yes, it flowers too, but you've just got interest most months out of the year for some of those plants. That's fantastic. All right, we're going to head out east and say good morning to Ted in Covington. Hey, thanks for calling, Ted. Yes, yes. Good morning. Hey. Uh, I appreciate I, I talked with you on the 6th. Uh, about uncovering my elephant ears, uh-huh. and I waited till the 16th, and I uncovered them. They're doing great. They up about four to six inches high. Wow, good for you. Okay. And I heard you earlier talking about the frost. So what I'm gonna do is, if if it does happen, I'll just take my five gallon buckets and flip over them. That's a good idea. Yeah, I mean, and and sometimes piling the leaves back over and stuff. Maybe we've already gotten rid of that yard debris that was kind of keeping them sheltered. So that's perfect. And that, I mean, from what Kirk said, maybe just a two-day frost is what we're looking at next weekend, but we're not out of the woods. A five-gallon bucket, that'll work now. Then you just take it off during the day, right? Right. Okay. And the reason that I was concerned about these new elephant ears Uh because now this is going to be the second season for them, okay, Mm -hmm. is because uh, this variety, the leaves on them is about a foot in diameter, okay? Uh-huh. And after saying that, I had numerous, numerous blooms on those things. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah, no, you're doing well if they're just in their second year. I haven't even really been out to the backyard to see if mine are coming up yet. I need to take a look. I thought it was early <laughs> yet, and I've got them near the canna lilies, and I know those haven't started peeking out yet. But awesome, Ted. You're doing good out there. Yeah, and my old my old elephant ears, I've had them for several years. Anyway, there's three of them, mm-hmm. and they have leaves on them about a foot and a half in diameter, and I've only had like one bloom, you know, after numerous a number of years. Right. Yeah, I mean, when they get the, the right amount of sun and they're happy, the blooms are cool. Mine never do because they're more of a shaded spot, but like you're saying, a foot, foot and a half in diameter, that's no joke. Those things... Those leaves on the elephant ears can get as big as almost a shield to cover your torso. They, they get fairly large. Well, Ted, I'm glad you followed back up, and I'm going to ask you to follow up one more time and make sure we get through, you know, that last chance of frost, and I want to report back of how they're doing. All right, I'm going to talk to Angel, Lynn, and Joan coming up, and then some final thoughts here on Green and Growing. It's WSB. It's going to be partly cloudy for most of the day. 40% chance of rain. Northern half of the metro area most likely high around 80. And then 70% chance for some scattered thunderstorms tomorrow. Highs in the mid-70s. Lows getting down around 45. Hasn't gotten that cold in a little bit. So stick with us. Finley Roofing sponsors the weather update. And Brad Nitz will have more coming up in less than 10 minutes. Want to get Joan in Tucker in here to ask her question. Hey, Joan. Hello. Hey. I just wanted to know 
should I cut my daffodils have finished blooming? Should I cut that green stuff off or, or leave it be? If it's not bothering you, I would leave it. So the greenery needs to stay above ground and on the plant for the photosynthesis process and just continually, you know, giving nutrients back to the plant. So any dead leaves, I would say you could go ahead and trim, but leave them if they're not bothering you. They'll wilt away pretty soon. And we're going to come up with the same thing with the irises. And the day lilies, it's best, guys, to leave that foliage for sure. So, Joan, nothing you got to do. That makes it easy for you. All right, Angel Lynn in Canton, you are the last caller of the show. Good morning. Good morning, Ashley. I really enjoy your show. Thank you. I have, um, I believe it's called a Professor Sergeant Camellia. And I've had it about three years. And when I bought it, naturally, it was covered in uh, flowers. But uh, it hasn't bloomed since, uh, except this year it has one little tiny bloom and a couple or three buds, but they look brown like they're dead. Do I not have it planted in the right spot, do you think, or what should I be doing to that camellia? That could be it for the camellia. Maybe it's not getting enough sun and it needs adequate hydration. It's got to be watered well. And the soil has to be well-draining as well. So make sure that soil doesn't stay wet. Um, And also that does happen a lot when the conditions aren't right, especially moisture being key for camellias. It does. It kind of aborts the buds. A lot of folks will notice before those buds open, they just fall to the ground. So do what you can to maybe amend the soil if it stays too wet, Angel. And uh, make sure, you know, it's well-draining. But in the winter months that it stays watered, you stay on top of that and make sure you're going to have plenty of blooms now. I don't think you need to move it, though. That's probably not the issue. I'm glad you called. I wish we had more time, but I got to go. Dave Baker is just really wanting to get in here. He's antsy to get on at 9 o'clock. I appreciate all of you so much. Great calls, great questions. We'll be back. We'll do it all again next Saturday morning at 6 a.m. It's Green and Growing on WSB. Spring is in full bloom. Are your finances? With the Chime Secure Credit Builder Visa Credit Card, you can build credit with everyday purchases and regular on-time payments, all with no annual fees or interest. With Chime Secure Credit Card, you can start improving your credit scores right away. Get started today at Chime.com build. That's Chime.com build. Chime. Feels like progress. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by Bancorp Bank NA or Stride Bank NA. Members FDIC. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal and OTC advance fees may apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to Chime.com disclosures for details.